Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 160. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, last week, whew, I was exhausted, and I honestly barely remember that podcast. I mean, admittedly, I don't think a lot was going on. I remember talking about Kirby Blow Up Blast a little bit, but geez. So um, I, I'm finally starting to feel a little bit better. I, I think I just kind of burned myself into the ground a little bit. And and was trying to um, recuperate, but was had had some other stuff I had to do that was kind of getting in the way of that. Um, so I I one of those things being I bought a new car, so that's not a video game thing, but I have a car that's uh, hopefully reliable now, rather than one that's like I never know if it's gonna die the next day. So so yeah, but um. But even though I didn't really get a chance to play that many games this week, well, I did. I did beat uh, Alien Swarm with uh, with a couple friends last night, so I finished that up. Uh, Alien Swarm Infestation, I think, so the, the sequel to it. Um, There's a, really a lot of like downloadable packs that I think were like mods people had made that they kind of you know surfaced because they were, I assume, some of the better ones. Um, so they went ahead and put those in the game. I assume that's how that went. I don't know. Either way, there were there were, there were maps made by usually one to three people or something like that, rather than like the the actual development team or something. And um and yeah, I I enjoyed it. That game was perfectly fine. I mean, it's a free to play game with no microtransactions, as far as I can tell. So you know, it's basically just a a game to get you to download Steam. I assume was the purpose behind it. If they didn't charge you for it in the past at some point, <laughs> so so yeah, but it was fine pretty fun top-down kind of game i think it sounds like it's a pretty popular game outside of like my circles so i'm guessing most people have played it at some point or a lot of people have um but yeah i, I don't really feel like i have anything to add about it. It, it it's 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 interesting in some ways maybe i'll think about it some more and think if there's anything i want to say about it at some point but eh, eh. um and that's kind of all i've played honestly um i did watch a little bit of anime i watched uh science fell in love so i have to prove it or something i don't know if i talked about that last week or not but uh but i've been watching that that's been okay and then uh i was watching pat labor a couple weeks ago but didn't uh i haven't followed up on any more of that yet at the moment so yeah anyways so that's kind of it for what i've been doing to be honest with you uh but thankfully there's been a lot of game news that is relevant to me specifically this week Uh, i was not really expecting to see see so much um, so, so to hit, hit some of these smaller items before we get into kind of the bigger events, uh, kind of thing. One thing I saw was that, uh, Sinergura Reflections, uh, that's getting a physical release on Switch through, through limited run games with all the DLC. I've been waiting for that to happen. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to pick that up. It is 50 bucks, so pretty pricey. Um, but if you buy all the packs, uh, via download separately later, um, it's, it's, it's quite a bit more expensive. Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead and order that. And if you, if you don't know what that game is, it's basically like a massage simulator for the Wii. So, so it, I mean, being a Sinner Kagura game, it's, it's definitely on the fan service side. Uh, but its whole gimmick is that it really focuses on using the Joy-Cons, um, HD rumble feature. And that is something I really haven't used on the Switch still. And I, you know, everything I hear about them from like games like Mario Party and One Two Switch and things like that. I'm not sure if Clubhouse Games has any HD rumble stuff. I feel like I heard the Dart game might have some some uh, HD rumble mechanics to it, but I really haven't tried that. And I heard only good things about HD rumble for the for the few games that do use it. And uh, I don't know if the case of Reflections if it uses it in a good way or not, but I recall them being like that was a big selling point. So you basically massage these different girls and stuff and I don't know if I've ever seen like a 
I think they're like like DS games and stuff where you do massage stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like an Imagine like spa game or something. Uh, there's also like Dual Love where you like rub the guy's backs and things like that. Um, that was like an early DS game that was. I feel like it got a lot of traction in the West just because people were like, "Look at how weird this body rubbing game is!" <laughs> and then now everybody's just like, "I love my husband and waifu now. Please give me the game." <laughs> but uh or at least all, a particular section of the audience of gaming i feel like has become that in a way there's definitely a better understanding of of what those types of games are trying to do um but yeah reflections is very much about like you know giving a massage to these girls like rubbing their hands and things like that and uh and i'm very curious to, to try that out and see you know a from a joy-con perspective how the hd rumble works and then b um, I, I think it's just an interesting concept for a game, and um, I, I'm not super big into the fan servicey stuff of Sinergagura, but I do really like um, uh, like novel ideas like that. So I, I, I'm curious to see how that works with like motion controls and things like that too. The other thing was is that there's this uh, Konosuba like 3D World Rally looking thing. If you know what 3D World Rally is, is a Square Enix game for the NES that was kind of ripping off Space Harrier. It's like this behind the back kind of forward moving 3D uh, on rail shooter in some ways. Um, but in the case of 3D World Rally, you're actually running on the ground and jumping versus in th Space Harrier, you can just like fly around the screen entirely. And, uh, and so it, it, they put out some screenshots for something that looked like that for Konosuba, which is Konosuba, if you don't know, is an anime franchise. All these explana explanations I'm doing. <laughs> it's an anime franchise. Uh, I won't get into the anime, but it's based off an anime. And, uh, and so, yeah, it looks kind of interesting. And the weird thing with Konosuba is that it feels like there's games coming out for that thing all the time, but it's always like, I don't know what the games are. They're, they're like visual novels. Like there's dungeon crawlers. I think there's a mobile game that, that came out at some point. It's like these games come out and I feel like I, I never fully know what they are and I never, like know if if what i'm looking at is the same game or or if it's like you know a same game with multiple aspects to it or if they're like separate games i, I don't know why it's so hard to follow konosuba stuff uh gameplay wise i think there's like a Mega Man clone too out there that was included like a dvd or something weird like that anyways so i thought this thing looked kind of neat but there isn't any gameplay out there it's just some screenshots so um you know the, the kind of the neat things is that konosuba has uh like four distinct characters one that's like a tank character you know very very much the mmo kind of thing tank character damage dealing character or melee i, I guess he's more like a rogue probably like a thief rogue kind of thing um uh, a mage and then a uh, or like a, a a damage dealing mage and then more like a support mage who has like healing magics and things like that and water magic too um and so i'm curious to see how that gets adapted to that like 3d world rally style the pixel art's pretty nice too so i, I don't know if it's just like a mini game that's in some in the, some visual novel it looks like it's a part of one of the recent packages which i think is a visual novel again i get very confused by the konosuba games this is great information that i'm giving you right now <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes i start talking about some things and i'm just like i actually don't know enough about this to to really go in detail about it but but yeah i think it looked kind of neat and then also there's the final fantasy crystal chronicles uh demo that's that's going to be coming out uh which is kind of fun because it actually will interact with people who own the full game you can play online i think it's the first three levels of the game or something like that so you can play um that free of charge without actually having to buy the game and then your progress can come over when you actually buy the game i think that's really cool the crystal chronicles the the hd remake they're putting out for that is it seems like it's a really friendly game just from the cross play support i think it's cross save support as well 
um, and and um, you know this this thing now where people can basically jump in for free and then come in later. That's the big reason why we ended up playing Tokiden Two in my multiplayer group, the one I play God Eater with, is because we tried the the free to play version of Tokiden Two, and the first uh, chapter of that game is 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 you can play through it without any trouble. You can actually continue to play through the multiplayer in the free to play version, but you have a stamina system, and and so you know it, you can only play like I think it's like two or three missions a day or something like that so neat if you if you want to play that game that way i also don't think you get access to the rest of the story or something like that but i'd have to look into it but th- that was a really nice way to get introduced to tokyo 2 and uh, like convince us that we should buy this game and play the full thing um and so i think that's really smart from a crystal chronicles perspective especially since it's a very multiplayer focused game so anyways those are the kind of tiny news bits that are just floating around i wanted to touch on um Next, I want to talk about the New Game Plus Expo, which if you don't know, this was basically a, uh, a, I guess you could call it very E3-like presentation, or maybe more Nintendo Direct-like presentation that was put on by a lot of Japanese companies or some companies that are kind of Japanese-oriented, like the WayForward. They 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 work with a lot of Japanese IP or, or a lot of Japanese uh, publishers, I feel like. Um, and so, uh, so this is a very Japanese focused show. And so it was very reflective of that. And, you know, I typically like Japanese games. So this kind of stood out to me more than say the PlayStation five event or probably whatever Microsoft ends up showing. I'm interested to see what Microsoft is showing, but I think a lot of times when I look at the PlayStation events and the, the Microsoft events, 95% of the content there, I think it's interesting from a strategic perspective and how we're putting out games, but I'm not going to play Spider-Man. I'm not going to play Last of Us, whatever. I'm not going to play that stuff. It's just not really not really on the table of games that I'm, I'm super interested in checking out. Um, so, so in this event, there's a lot of smaller games that I thought were interesting. Some of these games like... I would really like to give them a shot, but it's just really hard to justify the time for them. Uh, like Billion Road, which I, I think Billion Road may have been gotten gotten uh, localized for the Switch a few months back, actually. Uh, but they announced Billion Road for Steam, and if you don't know what Billion Road is, it's a, a basically a uh, Fortune Street kind of game. So it's like very Monopoly-like, where you're 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 going around accruing uh, uh, currency and things like that. And it's a board game essentially, uh, but it's got a very cute aesthetic. Uh, a lot of like a little anime chibi characters running around, and uh, it's very colorful. And there's also like some kind of like weird RPG battle system that's integrated into it as well. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, like how in depth that battle stuff is. If you ever played a game called Dokapon Kingdom a while ago, that was a very RPG focused board game kind of thing, and I don't think it's nearly as as much as that. One of my favorite things in the trailer is like there's a little, I think it's like a blob or something, and it just says angry attack, and it's like this still image of a blob like shaking furiously. <laughs> I might I might I might cut that and post that on Twitter because it just looks so nice. I like it so much. Um, so yeah, it looks it looks pretty fun. I would like to check it out. I like board game style games. I grew up playing a lot of Mario Party, even by myself. I didn't necessarily have multiplayer stuff with that all the time. Um, and uh, I, I played through Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival recently. If you've been around on the site, you know I spent like a good 40, 50 hours in that game for some reason. Um, but I enjoyed that. And, and I think there's something very relaxing about playing a board game style game. And, and Billion Road actually has an online mode. So if I wanted to, I could get invested in an online game with that. And the problem with Fortune Street specifically on the Wii was that like, that game was just so ridiculously long. I also came to it. I think it had online play as well, but I came to it like way late. The Wii's online servers were shut down by that point, I think. Um, so I really like Fortune Street. So Billion Road might be like a fun way to kind of revisit that. Or I could just play my copy of Fortune Street. That'd probably be the smarter thing. I never really, <laughs> I never really played the single player content in Fortune Street. So 
yeah, Billion Road looks pretty cool. There's also a game called Pretty Princess Party. I actually saw this on the Switch a handful of months ago when I was ordering. Uh, actually, this is probably actually like late last year. Actually, uh, when I when I bought Mochia Girl and uh, Kaminazo, there's this game called uh, Pretty Princess Party, and it basically is just a mini game collection with uh, with uh, princess characters. And there's like a decorating aspect, so you earn furniture and things like that, and you can decorate your house. I'm not sure if you can like customize your character's hairstyle or change your clothing, but but I was I was kind of interested in 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 that. Um, and so that's getting localized as well. Although the trailer they showed during New Game Expo was, uh, I think, entirely in Japanese outside of the, the text from the, they, they put it for the trailer itself. So the game itself was just all Japanese. I'm assuming they're not going to invest a ton of money into that localization, though. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in that, but I, I don't think I'll ever get around to it, unfortunately. But it's one of those games that, like, if it was, like, a $1 or $2, like, Wii game that I picked up at some point, I would love to check it out. But, like, setting aside 30 to $50 for that kind of thing or maybe I don't know how expensive it's going to be I don't even know if they'll even do like a physical copy or anything so so like buying a download for 15 to 20 bucks either like that too like it's, it's just not the impulse buy kind of purchase lap value uh so unfortunately I don't know if I'll be supporting print, pretty, pretty princess party but uh I I like that it's coming over and I'm happy to see it uh getting localized Speaking of localizations, uh, I don't really have a lot to say about this, but they did uh, show off Neptunia or the Vivivitunia uh, and saying that that's going to localize. I forget they said when that's coming out in America, um, but uh, they I had mentioned last week, I think, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was curious if they'd keep the Vivivitunia name in the U.S. Considering that um, you know, it's Neptunia here. I think it's Neptunia in Japan too. I feel like there's just a lot more freedom to do that in Japan, maybe. Uh, and they're not keeping the Vivivitunia name. They are doing Neptunia Virtual Stars. Uh, so not even virtual YouTubers or something like that. I guess you can't say virtual YouTubers. That's probably a copyrighted term. Putting YouTube in your name is probably copyrighted. A VTuber even might be a little too much. Uh, virtual Stars probably fits pretty well. Um, still, still no, like, I think information on the dub of that game, if they're going to dub the VTubers or if they're going to keep the original Japanese voices for that stuff. Uh, I mentioned last week, I was like, I, I don't know if, like, um, people would be upset if they translated the the, the, the VTubers. But as long as, as long as you have a choice to choose between Japanese and English, I think everybody will be pretty fine with it. One game that I'm not, I'm not super sure how interested I am in is uh, Fallen Legion Revenant. Um, which this is a game, I think, by, I think it might be like Minty Games or something like that. I know, I know one of the de developers involved is also called like Yummy Yummy Tummy Games or something. <laughs> um, um, and it's got a very like Dragon's Crown looking style. Uh, apparently this is like maybe the second or third game in this series. And I don't know how to explain it other than like a side-scrolling action game kind of thing. It's bizarre. It's like, you, it's like you have these two, two characters or you have characters on each side and like each character has a button map to... Uh, their action and it seems like there's a timed bar that fills up as time goes on when you press the button it basically expends one of those bars and then they'll like attack or something I don't really know how much depth there is to it uh, it seems like there's these two other games before this or one other game however many it was uh, I, I looked at one of them and I wasn't sure if they were the same game or not um, um, I looked at it and, and I couldn't really tell what was going on combat wise uh, but but yeah, it's it, it, it looks kind of interesting. And this new one has a very Castlevania looking aesthetic, like the dark gothic kind of thing. I think that's what it's called, like gothic gothic horror or something like that. Um, and and I think this game looks really cool. Uh, and I, the gameplay looks basically the same as the previous game. So I really think it's just the aesthetic change. The previous one was very more was much more like a generic uh, fantasy style. 
Um, and I, I'm wondering if this is if there's some kind of lineage between this game and there was some game that came out on the 360 or PS3 that that had a very vanilla wear looking style too. That was like kind of future mecha kind of thing as well. Um, or in that case, and it was kind of like future mecha ish almost. And um, and it was like it was, a, it was a game that I think got panned pretty hard. Uh, and I think even Fallen Legion, the last Fallen Legion game, got like mixed reviews at best. Uh, but but they have this very like vanilla wear knockoff looking style. <laughs> um, uh, but I like the look of the game overall, and I think having that lean towards more like a Castlevania gothic horror kind of thing is is appealing to me. Uh, and and I like that one of the main characters is a mom. I feel like that's kind of hard to find in games often. I could be wrong about that. Maybe that's just me being like like uh, selectively blind. Uh, but, but one of the characters is a mom looking for her son or whatever, one of the main ones. So I think that's a, that's a cool thing. Um, I'm sure there's probably other examples out there, but I can't think of too many. I don't know if I'll play this game. I, I, I still don't really know what the, what's going on with the battle system, which is kind of a good thing. I always say like my favorite Monolith Soft games when they announce them, or maybe the most promising Monolith Soft games to me are the ones when I look at them when they're announced and say, I have no idea what's happening. Because <laughs> that means it's not built off something that was previously made uh, so closely that I can just start drawing you know, conclusions on what that battle system is. This one, I really have no idea what's going on. Um, it does look a little low budget, but but I don't know. I might give it a shot. The, the voice acting seems all right, too. So, Speaking of Castlevania-style stuff, so this is actually very exciting to me. If you don't know, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon uh, is maybe my... Maybe my favorite Inti Creates game. I, I initially thought that was maybe Gumball or Mighty Number no. 9, but... When I think about it, like this game, Curse of the Moon was just like such the perfect video game for me. It might be one, like one of the few games where I'm like almost a 10 out of 10 on. Like I can't think of too much about uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon that that really um, that really stands out. But if you don't know, I'm not talking about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is like the the you know uh, Cynthia the Night kind of revival game that Igarashi did uh to to you know kind of re-enter that that the metroidvania space uh this is the 8-bit style uh mini game that was included or well, it was a part of like a kickstarter uh uh stretch goal but you could buy the game separately and it's just like this very castlevania 3-ish kind of uh uh spiritual sequel to to castlevania 3 um but it's it's very interesting that there's like w very different ways to play the game there's like you can play the game as like a a standard castlevania one style game you can play it as like a castlevania three um like an expansion of the castlevania three concept which if you don't know there's a lot of things in castlevania three that were limiting in terms of like what kind of characters you could bring with you and things like that where where uh curse of the moon basically opens it up lets you have free access to all four characters at once and all their abilities which gives you like a lot of flexibility in navigating the environment and approaching combating power so it felt like this really big improvement on castlevania 3 in a lot of ways and then also it's like this weird amalgamation between ninja gaiden and castlevania when you play it another way and so you have like this one character who's just like this really flexible character but it still plays very much like castlevania in some ways it's like this this fast momentum with hard stops is maybe the best way i could put it um and and I love that game so much. It is it is maybe maybe my favorite Castlevania game. If you just want to go ahead and put it in the Castlevania spectrum, outside of maybe Castlevania sixty four. I love Castlevania sixty four. It is a close second to Castlevania sixty four. That's for sure. Um, so Curse of the Moon two got announced, and I am really excited about this. When I first saw it, I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. Um, but but when they showed off the characters and what they're doing with that game, I think they're like a hundred percent on track 
with what I want out of it. Uh, Zangetsu is still the main character, um, but they are taking some cues out of the the mode in that previous game where you could have them kind of like like a mix of a, like a Ninja Gaiden kind of moveset. And they're expanding that, making him a bit more, um, I guess, powerful in that regard, expanding those moves. And they're also making it so he doesn't have to be alone to have those moves. At least as far as the trailer showed, it seemed like the other party members were available. If you don't know in the previous game, the other party members were, members were not available if you tried to go with this play style where you had like more, more aesthetic, um, acrobatic kind of techniques and things like that so so they're upgrading zengitsu for the main game and then uh they're also including dominique who seems to play a lot like eric lacarde from uh castlevania uh bloodlines which i haven't played through bloodlines yet i did pick it up on uh that collection that came out still need to do that um but she has like magic spells as well um and they're kind of expanding the moveset of these characters too uh, further from the previous partners in the last game. So I think it makes a lot of sense that Zengetsu got upgraded as well. So Dominique has like the ability to like stab forward, stab up, stab down. I think she has like a pole vault jump like Eric Lacarde as well. And then she has various spells. And I think she has some he healing abilities too. Uh, and then you have, I, I believe his name is Robert, which is a um, very Grant Dynasty kind of character where he uh, can like latch onto walls, jump off of them. He can crawl, you know, get on the ground and crawl around. Uh, but unlike Grant Dynasty, he's got a, a kind of a military arsenal kind of thing. So he has like a rifle and um, and he like can throw grenades and like has some kind of like super powered cannon kind of thing. Um, so he, he looks really fun and, and unique. There's, there are some instances of guns in Castlevania games. You could look at, um, Henry from Castlevania 64 or well, Castlevania Legacy of Darkness rather. Uh, and then, uh, is his name Balthier? No. Is it Balthier? The, the dude in, uh, in, um, Order of Ecclesia that had a gun. I forget his name. It started with the B. Um, he had a gun as well. I never ended up playing that mode, though. I never really played the bonus character modes in Castlevania games, usually, unfortunately. Um, and then there's the the uh, character, I think, literally just called Corgi, which is a dog. And he, he seems like a joke meme character at first, uh, but he's actually very unique. And, and I think maybe one of the more exciting characters because he's a, he's a dog that pilots a robot, um, which is you know, what, it, what it is. Um, and... But but because he's in this mech, he's significantly larger than any other character in... I'm not sure if there's been another Castlevania... Like, old-school Castlevania characters that's been so large and, and I guess, lumbering in a lot of ways. Uh, has a lot of, like, you know, I think, like, dash attacks where like, smashing into characters, ground-pounding, things like that. So he looks, like, very unique. And, and I'm actually very excited to tr play him, even though he's a dog in a mech suit or whatever. I feel like putting a dog in a mech suit is a little try-hard, but it's it's fine. It's it's all in good fun. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Uh, and, and so they don't show this in the initial trailer, but I looked on the website, and it looks like the old partners are still there, but they look pretty much unchanged. So, so all the three characters from that game, uh, uh, Miriam, uh, I forget the mage dude, and then... Gibralt or something like that the the Alucard stand-in um he's uh he they're still there but their moveset seems to be exactly the same as far as I can tell how they integrate into the game I'm not quite sure and I think this comes out like on July 10th like fairly soon uh the biggest concern I have is that I personally want a physical copy of the game if I can so I don't know I might end up buying the digital and then also buying the physical when that comes around because uh, I liked Curse of the Moon 1 so much. I'd be pretty excited to, to check it out. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think we'll do that that sometime soon. 
And that's kind of it for the New Game Expo stuff. There's definitely a lot more stuff in there, but nothing that really stood out to me that I feel like I could offer any commentary on. If you didn't check it out and you do like Japanese, ga Japanese games, I highly recommend it. There's some Otome stuff in there. Uh, there's a bunch of like, you know, anime RPG kind of stuff, Death and Request or whatever. And I think there's like a robotic something game or whatever. I don't know. Don't ask me. Those are those are games that I'll probably never end up playing. So I do. I, I actually am kind of interested in Death End Request, but I don't think I'll ever get there. Um, but still trying to stick stick with kind of the same theme here. Uh, Inti Creates actually had like a Bit Summit presentation presentation, and I didn't pay attention to the Bit Summit stuff in general. Unfortunately, I just I just was busy last night and didn't get a chance to really look at it. I don't know if it's something that's going on all this weekend. Again, I haven't really been paying a ton of attention to to kind of the media rollout of the online stuff specifically. Um, um, but Inti Crates did have another presentation and they asked a couple of other things. One of them was pretty minor is a DLC for Blaster Master Zero Two. Uh, so I don't know if this is going to be included in the limited run edition of the game where you have to buy it, but it's a, it's a weird like on rail shooter version of Blaster Master Zero Two. You play as the, the, if you don't know, there's like this weird palm tree girl in Blaster Master Zero. I don't know if it's one or two and she's got like watermelon boobs, which are huge. Um, and that's why everyone she thinks she's ridiculous. <laughs> she's a really weird looking character. It's like a plant woman kind of thing. Um, but like, like it weird, like a plant woman in an interesting way. It's it's one of those things that like, going to get on this tangent about this plant woman. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually like a, probably a really good way to go with the character design in the sense that she, yeah, she's like this curvy lady kind of thing. Uh, but she's also very much not human in a lot of ways. Like her face is just very, very plain and and like her she doesn't really have any flesh or anything like that she's just very like made of plant-like substances and stuff like that so she's got like this weird overly sexy human form but she's like a plant lady and i think sometimes with like uh like when you start getting into like different races of characters that are female or or monster girls uh there's really a tendency to stick to a lot of human elements and keeping you know flesh tone or 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 keeping a lot of very human characteristics with that stuff and i feel like with uh with this lady i don't remember her name um I think there's a good disconnect there of like they took an extra step further to make this character really distinct in that kind of um plant girl kind of kind of look because i even when I think about like plant girls that are like green skin skin and very like plant like they still have a very human maybe maybe it's mostly the face honestly like a very human face where this this character is very much not that she's like a potted plant almost i think uh i think one of the pictures is literally like her head just in a potted plant or something so really kind of whole thing with that character design there uh i don't think it's a good or a bad character design i think it's interesting in a lot of ways though i know a lot of people are like oh my gosh that's that's crazy sexy i don't like it but eh it's fine um at least I think it's fine. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like, oh, she's too curvy. So that's problematic too. So I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm a dude who plays games. So <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, it's like an on rail. Now that I've gone off on that rant. Yeah, it's like an on rail shooter thing. Um, so it's very, um, I guess uh, it's just it's just weird because Blastmaster is not really an on rail shooter at all. So it's just this very weird adaptation where they basically took this top-down sprite game and then have this cursor that you're moving around and shooting things on screen a very bizarre look um so so yeah i don't know um so there's that thing i don't i'm not really excited about that thing but i think it's very cool what they're doing with it um azure striker gunvolt 3 got announced though and this i'm actually very excited with because if, if you haven't listened i talked about uh luminous avengers g 
uh, a while back ago. And one of the most exciting things about that game to me was a character called Blade. And I won't get too deep into it, but Blade is technically a bad character, but spoilers, she's, she's not. Um, and, and, and so she's like this, 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 uh, you know, this, uh, good role of a character who has a sword. And she's also very much like a, um, a female gunvolt in a lot of ways, like aesthetically, but she's also like in, in a character that really can't make her way into, um, the main story for various reasons. Um, so I was like, I, I would really like them to add blade to this game as a melee focused character. And I would like them to, to, I would like to add blade, like, like, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but thankfully they ended up going with basically the same constant blade. It is a very melee focused characters, uh, that they're adding. So they're doing the, the whole thing like, like what they did with Gunvolt 2, where they're adding a new character while also keeping Gunvolt on the, on the playable cast. So, so she's a melee character. She can like throw shurikens to tag enemies. Um, and, and she can also reflect projectiles with her sword and things like that. So, so very much falling like right in line with I, what I was asking for from Gunvolt at the very least. It's at least like the first step I need to get interested in a Gunvolt 3. And I'm like super glad between Curse of the Moon and, um, and Gunvolt 3, that any creates seems to be, like, hitting hard on exactly what I want from them. Um, but, yeah, and so so the other thing is that Gunvolt's in the game again, so we're getting that split game kind of thing again, as far as we can tell. No sign of Copen, but I feel like Copen probably had his limelight, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if he's not in this game. I'd almost prefer just to keep a focus on the two characters. Um, Gunvolt himself, I'm not super excited about him being back in the game, but I get it. He's the main character of the series. You gotta keep him in. Um, but they are making some changes to Gunvolt, it seems like. there's. I was uh, looking at the footage, and and basically it seems like he has a different kind of air dash that has a little bit of offensive capability to it. It didn't seem to do a ton of damage, but it looked like it maybe was like a very um, Mighty Number no. 9 kind of dash, where when you hit enemies, it would like you dash through them and deal damage to them. In the case of Mighty Number no. 9, you actually kill them. But but in the case of this game, it, it seems like it is like this air dash kind of thing. It is kind of a long one, and, and I don't know if it's something you could spam in the air or something like that um to to move quick or anything like that but but uh there's that part of gunvolt and also his uh, uh i forget what it's called spark thing or whatever basically when with gunvolt you tag an enemy you hold down the r button and he like electric shocks everything around him that's tagged uh they're doing that again but they're doing a um almost like a projectile based version of it where when you hold down r like lightning bolt kind of things like fly out of gunvolt and hit the enemies and do like more direct damage rather than like this uh lightning like a constant lightning that's like draining the enemy's health slowly and i actually had a conversation with a friend about this last night about how um i don't think there's a lot of impact to gunvolt's enemy kills in some ways and i think that can be a little unsatisfying for some people i still think gunvolt's very satisfying with that original attack because i i do like the enemy blowing up as you're running off screen kind of thing i think it's a very satisfying like action movie like appearance in some ways that i always really love just like blowing up an enemy as they're you know fading off your screen um, um, but this one seems to be a lot more about like dealing direct damage and at least the enemies in this trailer, uh, seem to die almost immediately from the electric shocks. I know there's probably going to be characters that don't do that. Uh, maybe it's just like a very early, early, uh, thing, but it may be looking to do something that's like a bit more direct damage rather than this constant damage kind of thing. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they end up doing with Gunvolt. I think they probably won't change him too much. 
Um, but if they're doing at least some changes, I think that's that's valuable at the very least. And as long as we have this other melee-based character in the game, you know, I think I'll be a little unsatisfied to some extent because I'd rather have a game focused on that melee character. Um, but but I was generally happy with Gunvolt 2 and how that turned out. So so I think I'll be generally happy with this game and how it turns out as well. But we'll see. They said it was early in development, so I assume you know nothing anytime soon. Although I feel like they said that about Gunvolt 2, and then like six months later, they're like, dude. We're ready. <laughs> We're ready to put this game out. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I'm I'm very excited. I'm very happy with the stuff Inti Creates uh, announced uh, this weekend and and that overall. And there's one other game that I saw. I don't know where this got announced, but there's an EDF game called EDF World Brothers. It's a very like if you remember 3D Dot Game Hero from like like I think fairly early in the PS3's life is like this voxel based pixel kind of game, like a 3d pixel kind of game uh, where you, it was very Zelda like. And uh, what they're doing with EDF is kind of doing that um, where basically everything's like these 3d pixels kind of thing and everything's super chunky. Um, so it's this very like chibi cute kind of looking uh, EDF game. Um, and I think other than like the aesthetics and gimmick, it looks like it plays very similarly. So, you know, there's plenty of EDF games out there, so I don't really know you know, how impressive it is from that regard. I will say this, though. It looks like it ran pretty well, which is something that you can't always say for EDF games. Um, so that's that's actually pretty cool. And hopefully, like, I don't know if maybe the aesthetics might help with it, but it'd be cool if it keeps that consistent frame rate um, in a series that has always, as far as I know, always struggled with frame rate. Um, and then also, uh, there's, like, different characters that are not part of the standard classes. So usually when you play EDF, I think there's, like, three character roles. There's, like, a soldier who basically... Oh, there's four character roles. There's, like, a soldier. There's, like, a foot soldier who runs around, like, can shoot explosives and things like that. There's, like, a big heavy tank kind of guy that you can kind of roll around with. I don't know if... He's not, like, in a tank or anything. He's, like, just a big armored dude with, like, a hammer and things like that. Um, and then you have, uh, like, a, a vehicle specialist who can uh, drive around different vehicles and stuff. And then you have the Valkyrie, I believe that's they're called. And they're, like, a flying type of a character. And so those four character roles, as far as I have known, have been pretty standard in the series for a while. I think they've, the, some of these have been added over time. Um, but in this one, they had some very, like gimmicky kind of looking characters that were like there's like a ninja that had some some moves that looked kind of unique to him as well as like a egyptian pharaoh looking kind of character too uh that was like shooting out little electric beams out of him and stuff like that so so i'm, I'm interested to see how those different character costumes uh uh, change how that game plays. I, I'd be curious to see how many of them there are, if they are actually unique uh, skills, or if they're just like, you know, weapons reskinned onto a character kind of thing. Um, so I think it looks pretty cool. They also announced EDF6, and uh, they just showed us like a, basically a still of a guy standing there. They're like, look at all of our, our, our debris and stuff. And I guess that's cool, but, you know, not really looking for a graphical showcase when it comes to EDF, so... I'm not going to get too excited about that. There's <laughs> also plenty of EDF games that I own and have not played. So, Whew, that's it for this week. Thank you for coming. I was very happy with New Game Expo overall. Very happy with what Inti Crates is offering. Um, so, super happy to see those things. I feel like there's something else I'm missing too. But uh, if if I'm missing it, we'll just have to wait till next week. This is a long enough episode as is. So anyways, thank you for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Hopefully I sound a bit more energetic this week. <laughs> I feel a lot better at the very least. 
Um, so I'm going to go ahead and try to finish up the PCFX podcast this weekend, getting the audio done, hopefully, or at least get like a complete rough of it done. I haven't made the progress on that podcast like I'd like to, but by the time you're hearing this on Monday, hopefully I've have some progress. Um, but I, I, I don't really have too many plans this weekend, so I'm hoping to focus on that. I also want to edit some video to the podcast as well. So that's going to take a little bit more effort. Also going to mean that the rendering time is going to take longer too. So, so that's on the list for sure of things that I'm doing in the short term. I want to get that out just so uh, give you a heads up, you know, in, in, in kind of contributing to trying to get myself back to normal. Um, one thing I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to skip, uh, so we'll have the podcast in July, but I'll probably skip an August release unless, you know, things change. Uh, I think I just need to give myself a gap to kind of get reoriented, re refit my schedule timeline together and, uh, and then move forward with making videos from there. So appreciate your patience on, on me getting things pulled together. Even last month I had to throw, throw a video together at the last second. Uh, unfortunately just a lot of things have kind of gotten in the way of me getting stuff done, uh, between time management and work stuff and other stuff in my personal life. And also, uh, doing a bad job of making some of my scripts come together in a way that I wanted to fairly quickly. So, so there, there, there's for sure, um, for sure I'm, I'm looking at things and want to get them done. Um, but I just, I don't really have a great idea of when things will be done at this point. So I think taking a month off, just giving me that gap, uh, you know, a month off for me to work on it, you know, not, not that I'm just gonna be chilling for a month. Although I might play some games. I feel like I haven't really gotten any progress in games lately either. So, so I'm really, really hoping to get, get, kick, kickstart my life again, uh, and, <laughs> and get going. Um, so thank you for your patience with that. Uh, in terms of streams last week, uh, I started up, uh, the girl and the robot, which is basically like some indie game. I, f- I forget who's developing, developed it. Um, but it's like an indie action puzzler kind of game. Um, you play as this robot and the girl and you kind of switch between them and the, the robot controls kind of chunky. So the combat is kind of, um, kind of stilted in a way that's kind of fun, but also fairly limited in some ways, but it's a fairly short game. So I don't really expect too much depth out of the combat. Um, so I think we'll go ahead and finish that up next week. I don't think we have that much longer left in the game. So I might go ahead and try to set up like Castlevania judgment or something like that. And maybe we'll spend some time with Castlevania judgment for a little bit. Um, and hopefully have a good time with that. And then maybe have some other backup stuff in case Castlevania judgment does not work out the way I want it to. (laughs) Uh, and then after that, we're going to start up quest 64. So look forward to that. Anyways, thank you again for coming this week. Onekshowport.com is the website. I hope you have a great week. Bye.